I don't know about you, but when I go to, you know, Denver, um, not so much Lincoln, but you get into Omaha, and, uh, and it's like, what in the what? Do you, you feel like, I, I don't know, I'm a fairly highly competitive individual, and, uh, and so even when I'm around here, um, my wife is like, really? Is every time you're on the road a race? Yes. It's always a race. Thanks, Garrett. You're the man. So, yeah, it's a race. And, and here's the problem. When you get to Omaha or Denver, um, I don't know where the finish line is. So I'm, you know, I'm in a race with a lot of people. I don't know where they're going, but I think I should beat them all. And so life just speeds up for me when I go. I could not live in the city um, because I just feel like I'm on edge all the time because life's going 100,000 miles an hour there. And uh, my competitive spirit is like, I just want to come in first. And, uh, and, and life speeds up way, way, way too much. But, you know, isn't that the way life is? In fact, it's interesting to me. I have noticed um, over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, there's been a significant shift in, in our culture. And when you, uh, and maybe, maybe you'll pay attention to this now, but um, you know, we asked someone how they're doing, the old adage was, well, good, right? I mean, and that was kind of the general response that you would get, I'm doing good. And, uh, but I have seen that change, and as a pastor, you get to, you know, ask a lot of people how they're doing. And so... Um, I, I've seen a shift, and, and I've seen something, and they still respond sometimes with, I'm, I'm good, but then there's another tagline to it, um, and then sometimes it's, it, they just go to the tagline. They don't even say, I'm good anymore, but, you know, lots of times, like, hey, how you doing? Good. <sighs> busy. This is really busy, right? And sometimes it's like, how you doing? Oh, we're just busy. And we are, right? I mean, we're, we're busy, and, and honestly, this message is not going to be, you know what, don't be busy. In fact, I got to tell you right up front, this message is so simple that some of you are going to go away and be like, and we got up for, for that? Uh, that was about that deep, okay? So today is super simple. But here's the thing, I think we need to talk about this, and I think we need to talk about this because none of us do it. We're, we're, we're not good at this. Um, and, and since we're not very good at this, I think we really need to talk about it because it is something that is absolutely crucial for all of us. But I don't know about you, but I feel like um, I got put on a miracle round, and, and the miracle round is going super fast. And there really wasn't a choice to get on the merry-go-round. It was like you were born onto it, and so you're, you're just on it. And so that's the way life is. Get used to it and just get used to the fact that life's spinning 1,000 miles an hour, and, and you got to deal with that. And it's so interesting, you, you know, we, we work, and in, in our culture, um, you know, in terms of the world, you know, our country works almost more than any other country in the world. And we, we love work. And I don't know if it's a Midwest thing or if it's just our country as a whole, but certainly in the Midwest, we value work and we should. I'm not saying we shouldn't value work, um, but we are busy all the time. See, even when we're not working, we're distracting ourselves. 
Um, so interesting, we distract ourselves with these little devices. In fact, on average, did you know that we touch this more times than there are minutes in the day? That's a lot of minutes and that's a lot of touches. That we, we distract ourselves and we touch this thing more times than there are minutes in the day. In fact, the average screen time on this is four hours every day. And then, on top of that, on average, our televisions, we have another four hours. So between work and distracting ourselves, we have full-time and sometimes more than full-time and full-time and another part-time work. And then on top of that is another whole day of distracting ourselves, which makes us feel like we're even more busy because distracting is different than a diversion. Distracting is, it just feels like you're more busy. And it's very, very difficult to have any sort of peace in the middle of it. See, we feel like we need to fill every second of every day with something. And, and in fact, if we just stood here for an hour, well, let's not go that long. If we just stood here for a minute, silent, we would be awkward, right? You're just like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. It's so hard. It's so, it's so different than our psyche. It's so different than the way that we have been wired. So it's no wonder when you ask, you know, people that are on the go, how are you doing? Well, if they were honest, they're tired. I, I'm, I'm exhausted. In fact, I don't think, and those of you that, you know, have raised some kids, I don't think Jen slept for like seven years straight. I mean, it was like, whoa, you know, just tired, burned out. I just burned, I am burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I just feel overwhelmed most all the time. You know what? Anxious. Yeah, I'm anxious. I, I'm, I, I'm exhausted. I'm anxious. I'm anxious because I'm always on edge. You know what? And I'm stressed out. And honestly, I'm just worn out. I am so wore down. And, and here's the thing. See, we were not built to be busy all the time. We were built to be busy we were built to work, but we weren't built to work and we weren't built to be busy all the time. See, our pace is undermining our peace. Now, last week, we talked about the source of peace, and the source of peace is the Spirit of God that Jesus gives us when we, when we place our faith in Jesus. He gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, and every second of every day, we have his presence with us, and so our peace isn't dependent on not having any stress, and if you think, you know, peace is, is not having the lack of stress, well, that, then, then we're, that's not the biblical view of peace. Peace is like, yeah, there's stress in life, but it's the presence of God that, that walks with you. Now, last week, I kind of gave you this illustration of, 
of me having this gift of being 50 years old and having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and, uh, and me stumbling through this, you know, the, the obstacle course to get to the bathroom on the other side of the house without hopefully breaking one of my toes. But I have some easy things to navigate. It's not that difficult. That's, that's different than having an entire obstacle course to try to navigate, you know, your paddleboard across, you know, the ocean to, to get to, the, you know, the, the bathroom. Now, there is a point of busy that is, that is so busy that our pace actually begins to undermine our peace because God's peace speaks to us in a whisper, and if we're running a 1,000 miles an hour, we don't have time to listen to any whispers. For an example, in my life, several years ago, um, it was in the middle, we, the year that we took to build this life center out, and, uh, and so with my construction background, I was heavily involved in that, and I felt like, you know, that was kind of my full-time job was to work on the life center and make sure that it, it got done the way that we wanted it to get done and the decisions that needed to be made here. And then I was trying to be a pastor full-time, which... I'm probably better at construction than being a pastor full-time, but I was trying to do that full-time in a large church. And then I had a cow-calf operation, and I had a feedlot operation, and I was overseeing staff at the church, and I was overseeing employees with the ranch. And I decided, you know what? I don't have much to do, so I should build a huge addition on my house. And so I started to build an addition on my house, which is basically just building a brand new house on top of, of those other things going on. And then I was uh, the junior high football coach in the middle of all of that. That pace was undermining my peace. And and it's unsustainable. It, 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 was, it was ridiculous. It was not very smart. And, uh, and, and honestly, um, I was so unhealthy during that, that stretch. And, uh, you know, getting up at 4 o'clock to work on cabinets because that's the only time I had. And it was just, it was just not a great idea. So there is a point where our busy gets too, too much where we need to back off of the amount of things that we're doing. But sometimes it's the pace. It's just how, you know, not only how much, but how fast are we going in these things. And here's the thing. Um, you know, for, for some of you, you, you have young kids, and, and your pace is super fast. And it is so hard to do what we're going to talk about doing, and those of you that have, you know, gotten a little bit older, um, it's still, you, as you get your kids all the way through, through school, it, it, is, it is so hard to do this, and I think it's why we don't, because it's really difficult to intentionally do it, but this is what I want to talk to us about today, rest. So all together, would you just take a deep breath with me and then let it out? Rest. Did you know that God designed rest? It wasn't just something that we came up with. 
God designed rest. In fact, he put it into the rhythm and the cadence of creation. I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but, you know, Moses writes for us how God created the, the heavens and the earth, and, and, and he put it right into the cadence and the rhythm of what he wants our life to be. And he says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Sometimes we think, okay, well, God rested because God was tired. No, he wasn't. God... God wasn't tired. God spoke it, and it was happened. It didn't take any real work for God to do this. God didn't get done with creation after six days and go, where's my sweat rag? That was unbelievable. That was a workout. I need to rest. I am worn out. That's not why he did it. He did this purely for you and me, because he knew something about us that was different about him. Even though he didn't need to rest, and even though it didn't make him tired, he knew that we would need rest, and we need it as a part of the rhythm of our life. And so he thought it was so important that he declared one of the days holy. And, and here's the thing. It's almost kind of like when someone tells you something to do, when someone commands you to do something, what, what is it that you and I typically do when we're commanded to do something? Mm, you can't tell me what to do. I ain't doing that. Take a day off. I, uh, you know what? That is a good idea. That's a, so then you go to work, and you're like, I need a day off. I'll take a day off. No, I ain't going to take... Well, which one is it? (laughs) God says, take a day off. God says, you know what? In the rhythm of your life, and and I'm not going to command you to say, hey, you need to take 24 hours and not do anything, okay? This isn't a legalistic message. This is, hey, in the cadence of your life, in the rhythm of your life, in my life, we need rest. God built it into creation, so that we would know it and we would see it. God didn't rest because he was tired. He was creating cadence for creation. He was establishing a rhythm. This is so interesting to me. A rhythm without rest isn't rhythm. It's just noise. And some of our lives resemble more noise than rhythm. Don't they? So, I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but all of you music majors, you know, you know this. When you insert a pause musically, it's called a rest. See, it's at that point when you when you pause and you put a rest in this noise of notes, that's that's the point in which the noise of notes becomes rhythm. See, if, if Carrie got up here and when Carrie was learning how to play the drums, I would imagine his parents were like, I'm not sure we're going to make it, right? Because, you know, you're just like, 
You give your kids a drum set, why, first of all, would you do that? But if you did and you loved your kids that much, you know, and they're just banging, 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 and they never stop, it's just like, you know what you call that? Noise. It's just noise. It's just, it's just awful. But when you insert a rest, when you insert a pause, all of a sudden it goes from noise to a rhythm. And, and that's what God wants in our life. If, if we're going through life so fast on this miracle round that we never set time apart to rest, it just becomes noise. See, you and I were designed by God to have rest as a part of the rhythm of our lives. You were designed by God to work, but not without rest. So all of you teenagers in the house, you know what, early, you know, later elementary, you know, you're sitting here and you're like, mom, yeah, that preacher said, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to sleep, I'm supposed to rest. So <clears throat> don't wake me up. I'm just resting. No, that's not what I'm saying. You were designed by God to work. And so if, you're, if you don't know what work is, you need to get off your rear and go to work. And if you're living in your parents' basement and you don't want to go get a job, go get one. Okay, so that's not what this is. Um, but not without rest. Not without rest. We were designed to work. What did Jesus, you know, what did God do? Six days to one. Six days of work, one day to rest, all right? So the other thing is so interesting. Jesus demonstrated rest. He gave us the example of it, and he didn't need to. But this is so interesting to me, and Luke kind of records this rhythm. Jesus made rest a part of the rhythm of his life. And, uh, and, and Luke kind of records it for us in chapter 5, verse 15. It says, but despite Jesus' instructions, and this is so interesting to, to me, what's going on is what happens in small town. So Jesus would heal someone, and then he was like, shh, don't tell anyone. And so that's kind of like telling someone in a small town a big secret and then saying, don't tell anyone, and the next day it's in the newspaper, Right? That's just the way small towns work. That's what was going on here. So despite Jesus' instructions to shh, be quiet, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed. It wasn't normal crowds. They were vast crowds. That's, that's amazing. They came to hear him preach and be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Old Wait a second, Jesus, wasn't there more people that need healed? Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't there more people that needed to know? Mm-hmm. Well, there was more people that needed ministered to? Yeah. But you still just left them and went off to be and rest and have solitude? Yes. That's how important it is to me. And as a part of the rhythm of my life, I will leave things that are undone because when I return, they will be there waiting for me. And Jesus withdrew for solitude. Jesus withdrew physically to rest. 
Jesus withdrew mentally to clear his mind. Jesus withdrew spiritually to reconnect with his heavenly father. And so for us to think that maybe we could just get on this miracle round and we don't need to rest, it's kind of crazy. See, I remember a time, you know, over 20 years ago, back when I was doing construction stuff, and I was a young lad at that point, and and, and, you know, I just, I was highly driven. I was just going 100 miles an hour. And there was lots of days I'd get the end of the day and I was like, I think, I think I forgot to have lunch today. Yeah, pretty sure. I, this blew right past it. Didn't even think about it. I was just going 100 miles an hour. Didn't even think about having lunch. I guess I'll try to have it tomorrow, you know. And, 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 we, and we, just, we just blow right past it. We're just going... A thousand miles an hour. See, there's different areas of our life. We need a pause. We we need rest. We need it physically. Because see, rest without work is laziness. But work without rest is foolish. It's kind of like an athlete, and I um, have... It's been a joy to have uh, lunch with Jared Crick, and uh, Jared's a part of the COZAD campus, and those of you that don't know Jared Crick, and you're like, that name's familiar, that's back when our defensive line was really good. So um, I saw Jared this morning, he was not very happy. Um, anyway, um, but we talked about, so over lunch, we're talking, and you know, he's talking athletics, and, and, and Jared's like, you know... Um, because he played in the NFL, and and he said, so at the, I, I was like, so man alive, I mean, that was a long season. They're breaking you down, breaking you down. And and he's like, here's the thing, you know, athletes that get broke down, and part of the coach's job is to break them down, whether that's, um, you know, through wind sprints, whether that's through weight training, whatever that might be, it breaks you down. But then, you know, there's staff there that uh, is intended to rest your body and to give it the nutrition it needs to bring it back up. And if you do that, you break it down and then you rest it and bring it back up, it'll actually make you stronger. But if you just break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down, you know what? Here's what happens. You can either take the time to stop and pause or life will stop and pause you. And it will stop and pause you through sickness. It'll stop and pause you through injury. It'll stop and pause you through a breakdown. But it will break you. It's unsustainable. It's, we, we physically need rest. It is good for us to work our bodies. It is good for us to go to work. But on the back side of that, We've got to have adequate rest to bring us back. So we need rest physically. We need rest mentally. This is so interesting to me. Rest and solitude can benefit us mentally if we use that time to sort through what the Father, whatever is on our minds and on our hearts. To sort through with our Heavenly Father whatever is on our minds and on our hearts. 
And, uh, and you know, it's so interesting. Brennan Manning um, is an incredible author and, and uh, has written some really cool books. Um, and when I was in college, he spoke at, at this conference that we were part of at, at Estes Park. And, uh, and so one of the things I was intrigued because he was talking about solitude and the need for it. And, and I was, I was kind of confused. So when I, I, I had a chance to talk to him, I'm like, so how important is solitude? Like, is it like, you know, if it's your, if it's your gig, you should try it. Um, you know, it's, it's beneficial to you if you want to do it. Or is it like, no, you should, you should do that. And he's like, you know what, in terms of ministry, if you want to stay in ministry long-term, solitude is absolutely crucial. So you're saying it's important. No, he's like, it's a crucial that you have some time of solitude. And, and here's the thing, when you take time for solitude, mentally, you get off of that miracle round for just a minute, and, and, and sometimes in the miracle round, you get inside your head, and, and there are all these thoughts, and you can't make sense of them, and, and all of a sudden, you're thinking things that aren't necessarily true, and it's taking you down weird paths, and you get off of that for a minute, and in the solitude... As you connect with your heavenly Father, the, the fog of the, of the miracle round begins to lift, and the fog of life, and the thoughts that need to be sorted out, you're able to sort them out. From our own mental health, some solitude is really necessary. See, rest from our work reminds us that we're not superhuman. And that our work does not define us because you and I are not the work that we do. And some of you, you can't imagine taking any time to rest. You can't imagine taking some time away from, from your work because you're the only one that can do the job you do. Right? I mean, and pastors aren't immune to this. In fact, maybe ministry leaders are worse than anybody else. Or you think, oh, I can't be gone because no one else can preach. You know, oh, I can't be gone because, you know what, some, they can't run that restaurant, they can't run the school, they can't run my classroom, they can't run this, they can't run the, no, 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 no one can do my job. And, and then you, you know what, you're, you're forced maybe to be off for a week or, you know, one of your children gets married, so then you have to or something, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, well, and then you're gone and then guess what? It survived. It survived while you were gone. Someone else did. In fact, someone else had to do your role, and they actually got better. They actually grew a little bit because they had to do something they hadn't done before. And it was there when you got back. It's amazing. The crops still get in, and the crops still get planted. Even when you choose to say, you know what, I'm going to make rest a part of the rhythm of my life. We need it mentally. We need it spiritually. We need rest to renew our minds and strengthen our resolve. 
You probably have noticed this, but we, we need rest to renew our minds and strengthen our resolve, and we give into temptation much easier when we're tired. When we're tired and we're worn out and we feel like we've been on the miracle round, in fact, we get to a place where we feel like, I've been good, I've been, you know what, I've gone the extra mile for so long, I deserve. I deserve to do something that isn't probably very smart. And I'm tired. So, rest gives you the margin to reflect on the truth that God is with you and he is for you. Rest helps us connect with our Heavenly Father. As we withdraw for a a period of time and we focus on our Heavenly Father and we just, because it's in that silence of the solitude that God whispers to us and the peace just overwhelms us and our life is reoriented again in the right way and we're reminded we don't have to be superhuman. See, If you don't want stress to undermine your peace, you need to insert some rest. So let me give you some practical ways to do that. And and here's my intention is that you would start your day from a place of rest, not stress. That you would start your days from a place of rest, not stress. So here's some ideas for you, and I hope they're helpful. Um, put this thing to good use. If you're going to use it all the time and touch it more times than there are minutes in the day, then do some good things with it because there's, there's some really great things you can do with this. If you haven't downloaded the YouVersion Bible app, I would highly encourage you to do that. And, uh, and, and then when you do that, there's all kinds of different plans that you can go on that, um, you know, that are great. Like right now, I'm going through um, Kingdom Come. That's the name of the plan that I'm going through, and it's like 11 days or 12 days long, um, and then you go on to another plan, and there's a devotion that comes with it, there's a Bible reading that comes with it, and, uh, and it's just a great way to start your day, and here's the thing, um, you could get done with it if you just went right through it, you could probably get done with it in five minutes, um, or you could take as long as you wanted. But if all you have is five, ten minutes, then five, ten minutes of solitude is way better than none. So this is a tremendous tool for you to use. That Bible app, it's free. It's, 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 it's great. And here's the other thing. You can lay in bed and push play, and it will speak it to you. Like, that's unbelievable. I don't even have to read it. I mean, it's, it's like all the work's done. That's amazing. All right? So, incredible tool. I, I hope that you will apply that. A couple of weeks ago, I asked you to make church a part of your busy. We're all busy. But would you make church a part of the rhythm of your life to make church a part of your busy? Because there's something in that rhythm that allows you to rest. There's something in that rhythm that that recalibrates your, your brain, that, that allows you to, to rest. And 
and not so much in the Life Center because these seats are terribly uncomfortable, but it, it brings rest to all of the people at the theater because those seats are so comfortable, they sleep the entire time I preach. Like, I'm not kidding you. And, and it's like this raised thing, so I can see everyone that's like, <sighs> like, that's a good one. So, you know, it's rest, literally. It's rest for you. You should try it. So, um, make, make church a part of your busy. Um, here's, the, here's the other thing. Uh, so there's some daily things, there's some weekly things, now um, quarterly. So all of you married folks, um, maybe you have children, maybe you don't, doesn't matter. Um, but if you're married, you should try to get away uh, three to four times a year. And I'm not saying get away for like a week, I'm saying get away for a night. Get away for a day. Um, it doesn't have to be an expensive thing, um, but there was a time when, you know, I realized, man, I, I, I have got to do this, and here's what my challenge to you is. So all of you husbands, I'm going to put the, the weight of responsibility to make this happen on you. You make this happen, because I guarantee you, your wife would love to go. Your, your wife would love to get away with you. Your, life th your wife thinks this is a tremendous idea. She just can't talk you into it. So I want you as the leader of your home to put the weight of responsibility on you. Now, Jen will tell you that I have done that. Um, but that's one of the cumulative effects over a long period of time of the church for me is I've learned that I need to do this. And so, you know... We've already looked in, you know, I'm like, man, we're about due for us to get, to get away. So October 28th, 29th, I love you. I will not be here that weekend. We will be gone, and we're going to try to go to Lincoln that day, and we're going to try to watch a, a game. I don't know exactly why we would watch the Huskers, but we're going to watch and cheer the Huskers because we're fans. And if they lose, we're going to try to catch a volleyball game, which I've never, I have never, ever seen in person a Nebraska volleyball game. I would love to do that. So if we can get tickets somehow, we will try to make that happen. And so we might have to just show up and scalp some tickets. I don't know. And we'll pay way too much. But anyway, um, so we're, you know what? Schedule it and then make it happen. We've gone to Broken Bow. We've gone to Kearney. We've gone to Grand Island because Texas Roadhouse is in Grand Island. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it's just, it's just something in the rhythm of our life that we try to make happen. And then once a year, once a year, you go and you do something else. Now, final thing. You need a diversion. Not a distraction. You need a diversion. For some of you, that might be woodworking. For some of you, that might be golf. For some of you, that's definitely not golf. <laughs> right? You're like, that's not peace to me. All right? But you need a diversion. You need something that, that, that's so different than what your everyday life is. Some hobby, something that you go and do. And, and in it, it just brings this sense of solitude and peace for some of you, it's crocheting. For some of you, it's, 
you, you, you like doing some of that stuff. My grandpa, he would put these rug things together, you know, when he was older. Now, whatever it is, you need a diversion. And we were built to make rest a part of the rhythm of our life. So, Crossy, would you do that? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, this is uh, easy to talk about, and, and we think it should be easy to implement, but there's just something. We just don't. And so, Father, I pray that this message would be the catalyst for people to be intentional to say, okay, we're just going to schedule it. We're just going to do that. We're going we're gonna to download that, that version app. You know what? In the mornings, we're just going to listen to it. Maybe we're going to listen to it as family. Maybe we're going to listen to it individually, but that's we're just going to make this, a, we're going to prioritize rest, and we're going to put it into the rhythm of what we do and the rhythm of our schedule, because we need it. And God, I pray that as a result, that you would help people become healthier physically, you would help them to be healthier emotionally, mentally, you would help them to be healthy spiritually. Father, I pray that you would give us the courage in Jesus' name. Amen.